the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Does it fall on one man? Mercy and betrayal. Uh, am I speaking of sermon that deals with one man 2,000 years ago? Judas bears the stigma. But Simon Peter and offer 30 pieces of silver but to save himself... Uh, Telling a 14-year-old girl and half an hour later telling three Roman soldiers, you mistake my identity. I've never seen Jesus before. I don't know who he is. Is it just those two people? No, let's add the rest of the disciples. Is it just them? No, let's add Abraham. Is it just them? Let's add Samson. Let us add Moses. Let us add King David. Let us add the person who wrote half of the New Testament. Let us add you and I to this theme, mercy in betrayal. I don't want to talk about Judas. I want to talk about the thief on the cross first. And I want to ask you this question. What touched the heart of the thief on the cross so deeply that this man who was cursing Jesus as they were both dying on their crosses, one hour later, that thief is saying to Jesus, I believe in you. Forgive my sins. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Tell me this, what moved his heart so quickly and so deeply? I know the answer, so do you. It was when Jesus, right after both criminals had been cursing him, right after that, Jesus speaks the first words from the cross. And the first words, as you know them well, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. That was the moment. He thought Jesus is talking about him. I've said it fairly frequently the last three years. You and I always thought that when he said, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. You and I always thought he talking about the chief priests, scribes, and Pharisees who are standing in the background sipping champagne and giving high fives because their thorn in the flesh is dying on that cross. You and I always thought that. That's what the seminary professors taught. And if it wasn't them, then it was the four Roman soldiers who had nailed him to the cross and were now gambling for his clothes. Seminary professors always said, you and I always thought, that's who he's talking about when he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. But he wasn't. Sorry, seminary professors, he wasn't. Those two thieves, the one in particular on his right-hand side, he thought that Jesus was talking about him. I've just thrown these four-letter words at Jesus. I've just cursed him. I've just mocked him. Though I'm in a painful state as he is, 
And right after I mocked him, then he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He must be talking about me and my buddy on the other side. Nothing had ever touched the heart of this criminal. His parents had spent a lifetime saying to him, My dear son, what are you doing? We pray for you every night. What are you doing? But throughout all the years, the words of his parents never reached his heart. His friends would come to him and say, Dismas, Dismas, what are you doing? How come you've gone in this direction? We're not going to join you in the middle of the night robbing from someone's home. We're distancing ourselves from you. Dismas, what are you doing with the life that you have? But his heart was not reached by the words of his friends. And how many times did he stand in front of a judge? And the judge would say to him, young man, you're heading the wrong direction. I'll be lenient this time, but I won't be lenient next time. If you are not careful, you're going to be in prison or you're going to be dead before your 30th birthday comes. Nothing touched his heart. Not his parents, not his friends, not the judge. Nothing reached his heart until Jesus spoke nine words. And he knew that those words were directed at him. Father, forgive him. He knows not what he does. Mercy and betrayal. The question is this. Is there a limit to how far God's love will go? Is there a line in the sand? Does God say, I'll go this far, but no further? David said in Psalm 139, either speaking about his grief over the death of Absalom or the child born to Bathsheba, or speaking about his grief pertaining to his sin, 2 Samuel 11, with Bathsheba and Uriah. David said, Can a darkness come into my life so deep that God's light will not find me? Can a darkness produced by my sin produce a darkness so deep that God's light cannot find me, cannot forgive me? Is God's power and presence limited? Can he not come into Satan's realm? Satan's realm is sin and death. Can God not move into Satan's realm? Sin may cause the deepest darkness our lives will ever see. Sin can produce the deepest darkness our life will ever see. But God still moves in that darkness. He moves powerfully and he moves quickly into that darkness. And he will move in your direction more strongly and more quickly when sin has entered your life than at any other time. When sin comes, God says, you're messing with my child. 
When sin comes into our life, God said, you're messing with my child. If your child is at the edge of a very busy street, you take a deep gasp and you run as quickly as you can. When your child is in danger, you run as quickly as you can to that child. When you and I are in danger, when temptation has come, God be praised when we can resist it. 1 Corinthians 10, when he provides a way of escape and we resist that temptation, thank you God. But when the temptation comes and we fall, God says my child is in great danger and he runs and he runs. If this thief on the cross was Jesus' age, 28, 29, 30, God had been following him his entire life. And now on his deathbed, that cross, God comes to his child one last time. And he does it in those words that come out of Jesus' mouth. Father, forgive him. He knows not what he does. And the thief on the cross said, Me, forgive me. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. I remember distinctly watching that Boston Marathon a number of years ago. I'm watching it. And then the bomb goes off and the fire and the flame. And I'm looking in disbelief at what I'm seeing. And I see hundreds of people running as fast as they can away from the fire and the flame. And as I'm watching it, I say, Connie, you got to come see this. What did I want her to see? I wanted her to see the policemen and the firemen and the paramedics and ordinary citizens running as fast as they could into the fire and the flame. And I remember saying out loud, what in the world are you doing? And I knew what they were doing. They knew that there were wounded people inside the fire and the flame and there was something in their hearts that caused them to run into the fire and the flame. When we sin, God does not run away from us. God runs into the fire and the flame of our sin. If Satan is this roaring lion, then we got someone more powerful who roars more loudly, and that is God himself. And if you need proof, check the cross. And if you need proof, check the one hanging on the cross, namely his son. And if you need the proof that that was the price paid, check out the empty tomb on April 9th of this year. He moves when his children are in danger. He moves. And when you speak that word of repentance, now you know why the angels in heaven rejoice. Because God moved a long time earlier. And those words finally came out of your mouth. Father, forgive me. And he stamps on your forehead and he stamps on your breast and he stamps on your heart. That word, forgiven. Can darkness come so deep that God's light cannot find me? And David said, no, 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 no. 
God's light comes into the darkness and the darkness has to flee. And the one who wrote that also wrote Psalm 103.12 in which he said, As far as the east is from the west, as far as the north is from the south, even so far has God taken my sin, Bathsheba and Uriah, and has removed it from me. Thief on the cross. Let me talk for a couple of minutes about the guy named Judas. What moved Judas' heart? After Jesus had been captured, after Jesus, Judas had kissed him on the cheek as if they were friends, what moved the heart of Judas? Because the Bible says in Matthew 27, when he saw they had captured Jesus and when they saw that Jesus was condemned to death, Judas went to the scribes and Pharisees and out of his mouth came these words. He said, I have betrayed innocent blood and he threw the silver coins to the ground and they said to him, oh, we could care less. That isn't on us, it's on you. We could care less. What moved the heart of Judas to come to the scribes and Pharisees and say to them, I have betrayed innocent blood. What moved his heart? One word. Not nine words like the thief on the cross. One word is all that Judas needed to hear. And that one word was friend. He called him friend. He didn't say it sarcastically. He said it with deep emotion. He called him friend. Jesus knew what Judas was up to. In fact, he had told him earlier, they're waiting for you. Leave the table and go. And Judas knew that Jesus knew what was going on. But yet, Jesus called him friend. Friend, do you betray the Son of Man? Do you betray the Messiah? Do you betray the one who did all these miracles that when I did them, you were dumbfounded and amazed? Do you betray me the kiss, the friend? The word friend was what echoed in his heart. Why did Jesus call him friend? Listen carefully. Jesus knew that his battle was not against flesh and blood. It was against Satan himself. And when he looked at Judas, he didn't see Judas. He saw Satan. He knew that Satan was using Judas. And he saw Judas as he had always seen Judas. My friend... Six months earlier when Jesus said, we got to go to Jerusalem, i got to suffer and die. Simon Peter had just said, I believe you are the Christ, Son of the living God. And Jesus had said, oh my goodness, Simon Peter, upon this faith I'm going to build my church. Peter took him to the side and said, Jesus, what in the world are you doing? we got 10,000 people following us and it's going to be 20 or 30,000 pretty soon. And now you're talking about ending all of this, going to Jerusalem and dying on a cross. Are you out of your mind? And what did Jesus say to Simon Peter? He said, get behind me, Satan. 
He knew that Satan was using Simon Peter. He, he didn't see Simon Peter. He saw Satan. Simon Peter was still his friend. The disciples, when they ran away, they weren't running away on their own. It was Satan that had entered them. King David, when he sinned, it wasn't David's face that God saw it was Satan's face. You are using this man to destroy so many things. David was still his friend. Judas was still his friend. Simon Peter was still his friend. The Apostle Paul, still his friend. And when he remembered that word, friend, the light of God's power and presence came into the horrendous darkness of Judas's sin. And straight to the scribes and Pharisees, listen very carefully. I hope and pray and actually believe that Judas Iscariot did not just say to the scribes and Pharisees, I have betrayed innocent blood. I believe, hope, and pray with all my heart that he said the same thing to God. I have betrayed innocent blood. And before he took his own life, I pray that he made that confession to God. Because when you and I get to heaven, who will we then see? David, yes. Thief on the cross, yes. Judas. If he said to God, I have betrayed innocent blood, God forgave him as quickly and readily as he did the thief on the cross. Might it be that when you and I have betrayed the one we said we would follow, the one we said we would live for and die for, might it be that when we have betrayed him in our thoughts, words, and deeds, fruits of the flesh, sexual immorality, idolatry, debauchery, witchcraft, fits of rage, ascension, discord, slander, adultery, every evil thing, might it be that when we have betrayed him, he looks at us and says, Friend, Friend, might it be that when our sin has so deeply affected not only our lives, but other people's lives, destroying our peace and health, hurting our relationship with him and with others, might it be that he shows mercy in the midst of our betrayal? And might it be that he doesn't see our face, he sees Satan's face who has grabbed hold of us for a moment or two or a decade he sees Satan's face and he's always praying for us. Romans 8, always interceding for us. Might it be? And you know the answer. Father, forgive Paul Strand here. Father, forgive me. For I have sinned against you. And when the word is spoken... Whether we're dying on the cross of our own sin, 
When the word is spoken, that word forgiven shines forth from a cross and from an empty tomb. Closing verse, Romans 4, 7 and 8. Blessed is the man whose sins are forgiven. Blessed is the man whose transgressions are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not charge his sin. In our Savior's name, amen. Heavenly Father, 7,000 promises in your word. 365 of them, don't be afraid. 153 of them, life after this life in heaven. One verse speaking about a guardian angel. 700 verses declaring the fact that God's children, when they fall, they are forgiven by God himself. Abundant life on this earth when forgiveness comes. Everlasting life in heaven because he died for our sin and was raised again. Keep us close to you, Lord, in our Savior's name. Amen. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.